Blog Talk Radio. Niggas are scared of revolution. But niggas shouldn't be scared of revolution. Because revolution is nothing but change. And all niggas do is change. Niggas come in for murder and change into pimping clothes. They hit the streets to make some quick change. Niggas change their hair from black to red to blonde. And old black hair that looks for change. Niggas kill other niggas just because one didn't receive the correct change. Niggas change from men to women, from women to men. Niggas change, change, change. You hear niggas say, things are changing, things are changing. Thing. Black nigga things that go through all kinds of changes. The change in the day that makes you mad and made black power, black power, and the change that comes over them at night as they sigh and moan. I die. Ooh, I die. Niggas always going through bullshit change. But when it comes for real change. Black power. Black power. Black power. What's good? This shit is here. Great to be here on another Wednesday night. Greeting and listening to the listeners. This is your host, national spokesman of the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, uh, Yang and Krumah, Chairman Yang and Krumah out of Atlanta, Georgia. Listen, hot show, high-powered show. I think a show that um, too long has been avoided, so many misunderstandings, misconceptions. Tonight's show is black nationalism and theology. Does theology play a role in black nationalism? And if it does, and in fact so it does, exactly what role does theology, is theology a weapon of our oppressor or the people who come against us to create more divisiveness in our community? Is it something that continues to divide us, Muslim versus Christian, Hebrew versus the, uh, the Moor, the Moor versus the Hebrew, so on and so forth? Or is theology an instrument of inspiration? aspiration, motivation, a moral compass, something that can be used to guide and to uh, help us in our in our struggle, something, a medicine, if you will, something that, you know, if taken properly and in a proper amount of doses, helps us to persevere through the obstacles and through the hard times and through the tumultuous times that we face daily. So black nationalism and theology. And um, I would talk to Chairman Carl a little earlier today, who usually co-hosts with me and comes on with me, and he said be a little late. But listen, don't worry, we have a high-power council. I got my man, my minister of information, who I know is not going to let me down, our brother Black Son, who is going to bring us from an atheist perspective. In fact, in fact off, the, off the jump, let's just, I'm going to open up uh, my brother's mic. And he, haven't, he hasn't even pushed to be opened up because, you know, his input, and his side of it is going to be, you know, uh, uh, instrumental in setting the tone for things. Minister, you're on the line. Hey, what's going on, Yanko? Man, what's going on, brother? What's going on? You hear the topic, so we go into a little bit of that. And I got some other dynamic people on the phone. But theology, black nationalism and theology is the topic. Does it help or does it hinder? You know, I know that from my perspective, when we look at it, I can name countless revolutionaries who have used black theology or who has used theology to inspire them, help to spark the revolution, if you will, to give them the gusto, the wind beneath their wings, to help them to get from point A to point B. 
And then at the same time, I've seen living in Atlanta, Georgia, I've seen where theology has been used as uh, a weapon of division, how it can be divisive, how if not applied properly, that it is just something, uh, another point to cause contingency amongst the contentious people. The black man and woman here in America, that's, that's, you know, a lot of times all we need is one more thing to argue about. And my take on that is from the, it's because of the perspective that us as Africans here in America have taken our theology, our religions. You know, unless, unless, let's, let's, let's speak in a, to the best of our ability, speak what the people can understand. Let's say it, religions. Our religions have divided us. In my point of view, and from where I stand on a lot of, uh, and looking at this thing analytically, it's because we are taught in most of our religions, we are taught long suffrage. We are taught poverty equals piety. Don't worry about what happens here on the earth. Wait till you die to get your pie in the sky. In fact, we're so hands off of um, getting things that will make better conditions in our life that we imagine and we daydream our heavens are created from the basic essential needs of everyday living. Food, clothing, shelter. The people need food, clothing, shelter. But some of us get so extremely religious, we say, don't worry about shelter here. When you die, honey, child, Jesus is going to give you a mansion. Or don't worry about the heat here or the thing here. When you die, you're going to have shade trees and virgins. So we we tend to not strive for what is rightfully due to us. We tend to be very apathetic to the things that affect us realistically, daily, day to day in our lives down here. The other thing that I see from religion and the way that we practice it and other people practice it, is that their religion addresses their political and economic and social needs to where we become so righteous in many cases. And this is not a fault of our own. We're spiritual people, in my opinion. I'm not going to say Brother Son has so eloquently put it before. You've had tribes in Africa that didn't go for any of that. That was atheist. And he'll go, and I'm sure that he will go into that. So I'm not saying, I'm not making a blanket statement. But just in my opinion, that we are spiritual people and so, you know, a lot of times if that isn't balanced, then we'll go too far. I find us being some of the best Muslims I've met. In fact, some of the best Muslims I ever met have been of African descent right here in America. Why? Because they have willingly, we have willingly, because I am a Muslim, we have willingly give up the things or should give up the things that are immoral and unethical that cause harm not just to our spiritual growth, but to us physically. Some of the best Christians I have ever met have been Africans or people of African descent right here in America because of the suffering, whether I agree with the philosophy or not. I'm just pointing out a real practical, a, a, a actual factual statement that when uh, some of us, especially during the era of um, Reverend Dr. King, when he said to turn the other cheek, they literally turn the other cheek, and in the name of Christian, or in the name of uh, being a good Christian or being a moral person and taking that philosophy of nonviolence and the ideology of passive resistance, that they really exemplified that. In fact, they would have, they, they, in fact, they took Mahatma Gandhi whole concept to a whole, pla a whole different plateau. They shamed him in how far they went in their passive aggressiveness or in their passive resistance. But 
that's where we usually with us, that's where it ends on the spiritual aspect. But how can we make this be effective for us politically, economically, and socially? How can your theology or your religion be used as a, like I said before, a motivational factor to push us forward? Or will it forever just be a detriment? Has that been beat in the minds of African people here in America? Will it forever be something that oppressors and exploiters, our captives, have been have imposed on us? Will it always be that foreign ailment that plagues our community like, like a cancerous tumor? Is it something that has to be cut out? For my brothers and sisters out there that practice an African traditional religion, I would love to hear from you. And our phone lines are open. There again, I'm your national spokesman for the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, Chairman Yang Nkrumah out of Atlanta, Georgia, and you're listening to the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. And we'll go to Black Sun, Brother Sun, you heard my, my, my opening statement. What would you like to add or contribute to that, brother? Um, you know, to your opening statement, I would like to add that, uh, you know, people like Nat Turner uh, saved the people or fought with the people who believe in that particular doctrine. You know, um, Bookman. Bookman uh, gathered the Haitians that, you know, practiced that form of Vadoom. Uh Truth be known, all Haitians didn't practice Vadoom. You know, truth be known, a lot of people don't know that Desaline was me. He said, I wouldn't. I'm not down with none of that. And they actually, you know, not only in several books showed that, but I was I was actually surprised when uh, Danny Glover actually brought the movie to Atlanta and they actually showed that. I, I almost fell out my seat when they showed that, you know. So, you know. Um, when, when Danny Glover said that, what? I didn't catch that last part. No, Danny Glover, he bought the movie uh, Tucson Roman Church at Atlanta. They had a black film festival here. Okay. And they actually, okay. yeah, and they actually showed the part where Desiree was like, "Man, I ain't put all that, you know, nonsense, you know." So, mm. you know, so, and then you know they show it, and it's funny because you know, Toussaint wasn't with that either because he was a Christian. So you know, you had you know multitudes of Haitians that follow different types of culture, you know, and so because I remember uh, Nundi touched on you know conversation we had earlier about you know, Badoon was a particular religion, you know. It wasn't a whole culture. It was a particular religion in a culture. So with that being said, I want to definitely, you know, hear all sides, you know, because one thing that, you know, I know Chairman Kahar talked about is, you know, people rewriting history. And so for, you know, elders and certain people being in the Black Panther Party, that's true for the East Coast. But let's not forget you had a West, you had a West Coast faction too. You know, if y'all familiar with guys like Bunchy Carter, John Huggins, uh, Huey P. Newton. Um, I mean, if you, if you guys are familiar with these cats, you know, these, these guys all were spiritual, but they were part of the struggle, you know. In fact, I'll take it right. back to, let's say, you know, because people always talk about, oh, you and I, hey, one God, one aim, one destiny. One God, one aim, one destiny. You know, a lot of people don't know that that was not an original UNIA slogan. Hmm. In fact, a lot of people don't know about Herbert Hubert Harris, which was Marcus Garvey's right-hand man. Let me say that again for the people. Y'all write this down. Herbert Hubert Harris. 
who was one of Marcus Garvey's top general yesterday. So we've always been in the shadows. We've always been, well, I wouldn't say in the shadows, I mean, you know, you know uh, on a touring. He threw a party, McCoskey said he threw a party one day, he invited all the Panthers out and sick and everybody, he Martin King, he said, he had a big band that said, thank God I'm an atheist. And he said, mm. he had a big party that said, thank God I'm an atheist. So, you know, so, you know, we, we, we know what it's going to take, you know, and, I, and and we just did a show, you know, Gideon, uh, one of our elders, you know, he said that culture should be applied to government. And I'm saying, no, I think no government should protect culture, but it should not implement no culture because we got many facets of culture, many mm-hmm. facets of culture, because we, if we talk about uh, now as black nationalists, we should defend all black people who, who practice all cultures. But there should not be no one particular girl. Forget about defending black people. We're going to be fighting each other if we try to implement our personal culture on our government. Because once yeah. you implement yeah. your personal uh, beliefs, moral standards, and all, and let, me, let me just say beliefs. Let me, I'm going to excuse everything else. Once you apply your personal beliefs, then it comes to theocracy. Because I know everybody will fight me because I say, well, you know what? I'm going to base my beliefs on the pink unicorn in, in my car. You know, I believe every time I run out of gas, there's a pink unicorn in front of my car that's $55 bills. Now, I know if I try to establish a government on that, everybody's going to fight because it sounds ridiculous. I'm doing But a belief can't be right. checked. It cannot. There's no checks and balance in a belief. A belief is just what it is, belief. Every time I run out of gas, the pink unicorn is $55 bills, you know? Now, if the audience wants to believe that, that's what it is, you know. So, again, right. and, I, and, I, you know, and I say that jokingly, but seriously, but, no, we have to operate on a proof and evidence type of system, you know. We can't, we got to stop going on the same type of system that has caused us to be lynched. Like, oh, that black man stared at a white woman. I believe he did. You know how many cases and men and women have been locked up based on a belief Based on something that has not been proven, that now you got people recanting statements. You know, now they got, you know, DNA evidence proving people, they say, oh, well, he raped a white woman. Now they're coming out case by case by case by case, releasing yeah. brothers being accused of raping a white woman. Well, I would say if they had a system that checks and balances and operate on proof and evidence, that, that never would have went down in the first place. And of course, you know, having a black jury area appears play a big part too, but. You know, the bottom line that I'm saying is that we have to operate on a proof and evidence system. And there will be less people being incarcerated, less people being killed, less people being talked about. I mean, I just it's as simple as, it's as simple as bringing forth the information that we need to operate. So, you know, I, I okay. see that operating on a belief system is not efficient in a government. Well, I, I, I tell you what. Let's go to our let's go to our phone lines. Let's get some let's get some callers in and see eight eight three two eight nine two two. You're live on the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, Black Nationalist Network. Your mic's open. Black Power, brother Gang of Black Power to uh, brother Son Black as well. How y'all, how y'all doing? Black Power, we're good, brother. Black Power. All right, this is Brother Yakana, your National Minister of Information, and uh, I wanted to chime in on this conversation, add a few things to this. 
uh, a couple of things yeah, I would like to, a couple of things I would like to add are um you know we have we have different fingerprints, we have different voices, we have different DNA. You know, so an intelligent person is able to sit up and look at patterns and understand how patterns go and understand that you, an intelligent person would understand that we all have different thoughts as well. For us to all sit up here and have all these differences and have this uh and have the same thoughts, you know, we, we would be out of our mind to sit up and think that. So being mature is is understanding that and not coming at fault with your brother about these different things, but being able to, to relate with your brother, you know, on common goals. Now as far as some religious religious aspects, you know, the nonsense as far as love your enemies. We should reject all of that nonsense. If that is what has been taught into us, you know, if that, if that's a learned behavior, if it's something that we have came to the conclusion on our own from being able to recognize patterns in our life, you know, that's something personal, you know, to each person. But then you apply it to the whole situation as far as the masses of people are concerned, because we're still sitting up here having to deal with the masses, and we have to be able to study what moves our people. We have to be able to study the things Malcolm did. We have to be in awe of this spiritual brother as well. And some people are going to follow behind Malcolm. Some people may follow behind Huey. Uh, you know, different leaders inspire people in different kind of ways. And when you're inspiring people, what you're doing is you're putting a spirit into them. You know, if I'm sitting up going to go watch a poetry event or something like that, I may not be interested in it. But after I get through listening to this person speak this poetry, he may inspire me to want to go sit up and, you know, do some poetry now. So it's kind of like each person, you know, has to stay in their own lane for whatever is particularly good for them. You know, at that point, as far as moving forward, so it shouldn't be a thing, you know, that we continue to let divide us. But it has been something that has divided us, and it's something that we have to address. If we got something that has been deeply embedded into our people so much, we have to sit up and address these issues. Because what do we tell our children in our households? Do we tell our children they're Christians? Do we tell our children they're Muslims? Do we tell our children they're Hebrews? Do we tell our children they practice this, they practice that? Are our children even concerned about things like that? Are we confusing our children? Uh, something else that goes along with that, we have to sit up and look at the importance of these things that we're talking about because our enemies thought that religion was very important because that was something that they taught to us. Our enemies thought language was important because it's something that they didn't hand it down. Our enemies thought that names were important, changing our names were important. These are things that have been handed down. So our enemies thought that this was something that was very important to instill into a people, to get people away from you know, what they were connected to at one point in time because everything was stripped away from us. So we waking up to this to this to this journey we on. You know, everybody have to sit up and try to find their path and different people are waking up to different things. So now we must come together as a collective people, all different people from different, you know, wherever you're coming from and we all have to sit at the table like we're doing now and sit up and talk about this now. Like problem. Man, Black Power, and thank you, uh, Minister Yakinan. I'm going to leave you in line open, you know, um, definitely, because Minister Yakinan, our National Minister of Information, is definitely a person. He and I had a personal conversation, and we touched on a little of this. So a lot of insight and a lot of things that the brother was giving me, and definitely, if you don't mind, Brother Minister, I'd like to leave your line open and have you, you know, back and forth in the dialogue with us and with different listeners. Is that okay, sir? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, you know, but one of the things I want to throw out there, too, and this is to 
um, CERN and, and Minister Yakinon, my Minister of Information, CERN and our National Minister of Information, uh, Minister Yakinon, and to you, the listening audience. Don't forget, this is the People's Party. This is your opportunity to call in, to have comments, to have opinions, and we would love to hear from you. We are here to work with you. So if we don't know where we're at, we won't know how to work. But one of the things that I always question is, 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 is our, um, and I don't want to say over-embracing theology. I don't want to say over-embracing religion, but the way that we embrace religion, is that due to lack of a, um, and, uh, a lack of identity, for better words? Um, you know, like I always talk about, and even with Sunday, and I'm sure that some of the listeners have heard me say it before. When you ask any people what are they, they will tell you. If you ask the Latin man, he will tell you, Mr. Latin man, what are you? I'm Mexican. I'm El Salvadorian. I'm Cuban. I'm Guatemalan. When you ask the Asian man, he's the same thing, that I'm Japanese, I'm Chinese, I'm Korean, so on and so forth. But when you ask the black man, and specifically or particularly here in America, Mr. Black Man, what are you? The first thing he hollers out is, I'm Muslim. I'm a Baptist. I'm Hebrew-Israelite. I'm a Moor. So where does this come in that our theology has become our ethnicity, that our theology has become the race that we identify ourselves by? And this, is this something that is causing this division? Is it a lack of a national identity? I know it's a lack of because of revolutionary consciousness and a lack of the revolutionary black nationalist ideology being pushed amongst our people because once we understand black nationalism, in the sense of Ujima and Umoja collective works and, and cooperative economics and, and collective works and so on and so forth, and it's unity building, we will get past that. But where we're at now, looking at where we're at now, why is it that we identify ourselves with our theologies, and do you brothers think that this plays a very big role in the division that's in our community? And we'll start with you, brother son. What do you think about that? Um. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel kind of biased, man, when I when I talk about this, you know. Um, why? Why do you feel biased, brother? I feel biased because I mean, I know a lot of people. Uh, but you know what? Let me let me not say that. Let me let me say it like this. Religion, as Malcolm X said a long time ago, is, is personal. It, mm -hmm. It's very personal, you know. So. Um, People have taken it so personal to where they want to, oh, man, because I'm trying to figure out how to answer this question without sounding biased. But, okay, they, they, they take their beliefs so personal that they actually believe word for word uh, their doctrine. And then you have another person that believes their word for word doctrine. And, and let, let's just take the Christian doctrine, right? It talks about, you know, uh, you know, converting other people on one hand and then another hand, then the revelation talks about how all shall bow, you know. And I'm just like, you know, that type of language. You know, we don't, you know, when we when we talk about a culture, you know, and that's why I get on Gideon all the time. If you look at the culture of the Bible, somebody who is a servant of the, even that term servant, that's why I get on Gideon all the time about that, using that word. Christianity, like y'all can I'm saying, let's just keep it real, it's very subservient. It's very uh, uh, passive. It is very, you know, you know, it's just, <laughs> one can say it's not revolutionary at all. You know, you say another, I'm saying that it doesn't make any sense. By, let's just say okay. by, by natural standards you know, of, of living mm. beings on this planet. 
you know, no, 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 no being turns the other cheek. You know, like even when I was a little kid, me and my sister and my friend, you know, we poked uh, a stick at this rabbit. And for y'all, you Peter fans, mm-hmm. this happened a long time ago, so they don't don't come and be coming to my house like my whole thing. The point I'm making is that. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, believe me, believe me, brother, minister, son, that the animals have more rights than you and I have. So uh, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so the views and opinions that Blackstone about to express is not the effect that of a. Okay. So anyway, yeah, you know, we we poked the rabbit, the rabbit, poked at the rabbit, poked at the rabbit, and the rabbit jumped and made like a noise, like <laughs> now. I ain't never heard a rabbit in my life make a noise. This thing not only jumped and grabbed and yelled, it grabbed the dang stick out of my hand and pulled it. It, it terrified the hell out of us, of course, because we were expecting that rabbit to turn the other cheek. You know, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. You know, so that 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 taught me a lesson right there. That is not it is not natural for any living being to turn the other cheek to his enemy. You know, we were the had to me that that day. When we kept poking him and provoking him, we were his enemy. You know, he was trapped in the cage. We had no business poking at him. But you know, we kids, you know, you know how kids do. But to answer your question, Yanger, it's just, you know, what I'm what I'm trying to figure out is how a person and maybe you can answer this question. I'm like, I don't know I'm asking the question with a question or anybody on the phone can answer this question. Let's just say I'm a Hebrewite, right? Mm-hmm. My doctrine tells me that my doctrine is the doctrine. And I'm looking at you as a Muslim, and your doctrine is telling that you, your doctrine is a doctrine, is the doctrine. Now, I'm trying to put this together. It's like, when does a person come to the realization that, you know, this is not going to work? You know, you stand on your ground and I'm standing on my ground. It's like that old Quinn Eastwood movie. You know what? The good, bad, ugly at the end, they all stand having a Mexican yeah. kid stand over. You know That's what we're Mexican doing. Stand right. Yeah, the Mexican stand over. That's what we're doing. And as submissive as, mm. as a Christian is, they will stand their ground and they believe. They might turn the other cheek and got being tapped in for the white man, but they're not, you're not going to take that Bible out of their hand. Well, and they will stand on their ground. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. No, let me just say this because if you remember one, okay, Vince said he he would die for his belief, and I'm like, wow, really? Yeah. Oh, I I don't know. But okay, but go ahead. The way, and, and and here's my question. We're gonna go to the phone, Minister Yakinon. I want you to hold on because I'm gonna go to my phone lines because I've had someone that's been holding right before we answer that question. So, kind of keep the question in mind, brother Minister. But it, it goes to here's my question. Is that the African here in America? Is that the black man? Because you and I were talking earlier, and like you told me, the Presbyterians have legally changed. In fact, what did they change? To, share that with us. Oh, oh, as of today. The, oh, man, I almost forgot about that. The Presbyterians, as of today, have declared, have changed their doctrine. Now, the majority of Presbyterians, let's just keep in mind, they're white Republicans, right? They have declared that if you are in love, you can get married. Come to our church. We will marry homosexuals. They have changed okay, so, their doctrine. Right. Right. So, so you yeah. know, we're finding out with 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 this European. Does he hold anything sacred? You know what I'm saying? Does he? He will change it for his geo uh, 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 political views. 
You know what I'm saying? We know that the homosexuals are making strides and headways, and the Supreme Court has said that they can get married and all of these things. So we see politics going in their, in their religion. So do they practice? My question would be, and we're coming to the phone lines in just a moment, my question would be, does the black man here in America practice the same religion, though it's Christianity, Islam, or whatever, as other people practice? Let's go to our phone lines. Let's open up our phone lines. There we go, 404-641-17. Susan, then you're on the line with us. Hello, how you doing? African I'm good. Power. How about yourself? African power. You, you, you've, you've been hearing what's been going on. Share, share some of your thoughts with us. Okay. In my opinion, I feel like, you know, for black nationalism, Theology is not important, and the reason why I say that because, like we all have defined it, theology is the study of religion, you know, faith and practices and experiences, you know, that um, of gods or certain gods in relations to the earth. So, like we're saying, those theology and spirituality is different. Spirituality, you know, in another um, definition, is relating to sacred matters and or supernatural beings. Or phenomena. So, are we supernatural beings? Yes, we are, because we can't define who we are, where we come from, how our bodies operate spiritually. That's all we know. So, those are some of the things that I wanted to share. Also, I wanted to um, touch bases on that last comment that was made. The reason why theology was created, first and foremost, they tell you when they create certain things generally is to identify with who they are. What do we have to identify with who we are? You know, we have picked up the theology of other people, which we can say foreigners, that has been designed to separate us. You know, so we don't have a theology or anything to go on because we don't know who we are in order to practice a religion or any type of technique to define us culturally because that's the word that I'm getting to next, um, what we should be worshiping. So, uh, another, one more thing I wanted to talk talk about, too, the main goal of white supremacy. The main goal of white supremacy was to captivate the African, then to cultivate the African into the European ways of identity. You know, we can um, reference blonde hair, blue eyes, or even, hell, we can say corrective English. What the hell is corrective English? That title alone tells us that um, all the time, you know, that the terminology changes in order to confuse the oppressed people. So are we going to get caught up in theology or spiritually? Are we going to get in tune with the fact that nationalism, first and foremost, should be our main agenda? So if we're talking about nationalism, our own government, things of that nature. We have to format that first because even after African nationalism, people will still choose to worship or choose the theology that they want to you know, identify with. So we can't do that. We have too many different tribes. We got Ashantis, we got Mandinkas, we got Congo, we got the Bobos, we got so many different tribes. How is it possible that we can try to critique or come up with one theology that will reference us as a people? We can't do that because then it would no longer be white supremacy, but it would then turn into black supremacy. That's right. So that's one thing I wanted to speak on. And thank you very much for allowing me my time.
look like uh, Brother Yanga called and dropped or something like that. Uh, he's going to have to get back on. Uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate that, uh, Sister Nandi. Um, so I guess uh, the next thing we set up here and comment on, wait for uh, till we wait till we go. I'm sorry about that, All right, there you go. Yeah. There you go, brother. Thank, good, good, good cover, brother. Thank you so much. We're going to... Um, going to and thank you again for covering, brother and sister Nundy. I, I I put you on hold, but if you want to get back in the queue, throw yourself back in the queue. You know, I would get out. You're always your mic's always open. But it goes into. I wanted to go into a little bit of what she was talking about. And she was talking about black nationalism and us being identified as a black people and African people in America, whatever semantics that people want to use nowadays, as opposed to religion. And so here's my thing, though. You know, are we, and it goes back, and Minister Yakinon, I'm going to come to you with this. Do Are we the ones we were talking about, we heard Black Sun tell us earlier, talking about the Presbyterians change their doctrine, change their creed to be inclusive of the homosexuals, to be inclusive of the gay community. So we find that their religion is motivated by political advancement, social advancement, hell, even sometimes economical advancement. Is this a disadvantage to us or an advantage to us? Is it that we hold things more sacred and these are wicked, barbaric people that don't hold anything sacred? Or is it that it's all a trick and they know that we'll, you know, um, follow a certain scripture and stay in a certain type of um, mindset while we see that they will evolve, that their religion will evolve and change with the times? Brother, I would love to hear your response to that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely trichnology involved in this thing. Uh, you know, it's been technology from the beginning. You know, it is it is politics that shape these things. It's politics that decide our religion. It's politics that decide our language. Uh, these are politics that decided these things. These were decisions that were made by certain elite people to be able to sit up and control a certain people because we have been studied and people have seen that we're going to gravitate to religion. People have seen that we're going to gravitate to leaders and it's partly because of a, a loss of identity because we don't know. So we're sitting up here wondering and we're searching. And while we're wondering and searching, we may th- go through certain, um, you know, s- certain gate ho- gate poles. It's like uh, from glory to glory, faith to faith. Who I am today, I wasn't this same person yesterday because I've been on a certain journey. And every time I get to a certain place, I'm, I always think I'm in that right place, but then I could be wrong. So I do my best to humble myself now because I never know when, you know, I'm going to go to the next thing that I never could see before. And then I got to go back and I got to say, oh, man, I was wrong about that. You know, I I got to sit up here and I got to look at this thing all over again. So we have to be very careful in dealing with this. This is a very sensitive subject. Um, It's something that we have to sit up and put a nail in the coffin. And there's some things that we can't sit up and argue about amongst ourselves. We have to understand the technology that's been put into it to separate and divide us. I sit up and I ask some people, you know, why are you a Baptist? You know, what's the difference between a Baptist and a Presbyterian or a Baptist and a uh, Baptist and Catholic and Baptist and all these different things going on? And people sit up and look at me with the strangest looks on their face because they can't really explain it to me. So they're caught up in something that they're caught up in that's been handed down and taught to them. If you come up with these things on your own and this is what you came up with, I can better accept it that way. But something that's been force-fed to you and all you're doing is sitting up repeating the language of what the slave masters have been handed down to you, that's something that we have to get far away from, Black Power. 
Black Power. Black Power. That's powerful. Let's go to our phone lines. Let's open up our phone lines and see what our um, the callers are talking about. There again, this is New Black Panther Party Radio, the People's Party, People's Talk Black Nationalist Network. I'm your host, Chairman Yang and Krumah, National Spokesman for the Party. We have, which is an honor and a privilege, our National Minister of Information on the line, Minister Yakinine. We also have my local Minister of Information, Brother Minister Black Sun, sharing with us. Um, area code 504. Two seven seven two. Your lines are open. Black Black Power, Black Power, brother Yanga. Yes, Black Power, now, dear brother. What's good, man? Soul I, Power. I, well, I'm a, Soul Power, brother. Well, I'm gonna say this. If you really look at it, you know, religion was you. Religion was brought <laughs> by conquerors to conquer the people, to divide and conquer. As John Henry Clark would say. We, okay, we we have the religious part, but check out the spiritual part. Check out the person's spirits. But I'm saying this: all I mean, all the religion keeps us divided because see, the man that's in power, he don't look at us as a. I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave the the Christian Christians alone, Christian black folks. I'm gonna leave the Muslim. No, he sees us all as one. And as mm-hmm. us as a people, we need to get we need to get out of that mindset. You know. Check the person's spirits out. Check the spirit out, first of all. Check the spirit out. That's the most important mm-hmm. thing we should do. Check the spirits out. Because I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, cha- I mean, Chairman Abdul Kahar said, okay, I'm a Muslim. Okay, but if it has something to do with Arab, Arab imperialism, I am an atheist to that. I am an atheist. If yeah. you come down to Christianity, where our people being lynched and brutal, I am an atheist to that. I'm an atheist to that. If it's not doing nothing to uplift us as a people, I am against nationalism, black revolutionary nationalism. Get our people right out on. of these conditions. That's the most important thing us as a people we should be doing. All power to the people, black power, soul power, brother. Black power, all power to the people, black power to black people. That's our chairman out of New Orleans, brother Harold, man. And we thank you, brother, uh, for sharing that with us. You know, and which he's right. You know, one of the things that I marvel at that always gets me is you have these people who have practiced religion and brought us to religion, and they have built mighty empires. We look at not just, in the, you know, coming from a Muslim, not just in Arabia, but we're talking about uh, Kantazuma, known as, also known as Mata Musa. You know what I'm saying? You, the Songhai Dynasty, the Mali Empire, so on and so forth. The, um, they just voted, Israel just voted uh, Netanyahu back into power. This, this terrorist. You know, and I'm gonna call him that, and I say it on the line. This terrorist, this, this, my, you know, this fanatic, it's radical, crazy. You know what I'm saying? We backing and endorsing that. This man is just committing genocide all over the place, and he's taking someone's land, went in the land of Palestine, and taking the people you have usurped the people based on religion. So my question is, why is it that we, when we have these religions, we still are at the bottom of the barrel? Our tithe and our uh, monies always go to endorse and support other people. And even not just spiritually and emotionally will we back these people. We will even physically. Fight. You got these Negroes going over fighting. Well, I mean, we're dying here in the streets daily. And you got Negroes in the name of religion wrapping up and going over joining so-called alleged terrorist groups, whatever, you know, the State Department are calling these people nowadays. But you actually have people leaving the revolutionary struggle here from a people whom they belong going fighting in another struggle. You understand what I'm saying? And you have people, like you said, um, 
you know, from the Christians to the Hebrew Israelites, we have a, a, a large Hebrew Israelite community down here in Atlanta. Not not knocking them, but they're isolationists. You know what I'm saying? You don't. They don't really give. If you're not Hebrew Israelite, then you really don't see them, and they're really kind of standoffish. So where do we get this? I've always tell people if you see if some Arabs come riding down the street and they see four of you black boys or black gals jumping on an Arab, they're not going to stop and ask that Arab, is he a Muslim, Jew, or Christian? They're just going to see an Arab getting beat by four black people. But if we're riding down the street and see someone getting beat and find out and, and stop, what y'all beating him for? Oh, he's one of them old Muslims. That's right. He might be a nice to say, we might get out and hit him with them, hit him with some of my damn self. So we have to, you know, black nationalism has to permeate, has to permeate, you know, it, 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 we, it, we have to be saturated in it. We have to see ourselves. That's why we at the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, when you read our manual, we're not against theology, but we are pro-revolutionary theology. Where do I see myself in that? We understand that as a part of the African here in America's culture that we have been a suppressed people. We have been an oppressed people. We have been a conquered people. And whether we like it or not, we have been influenced by our conquistadors, by our conquerors. But just like I tell you, it doesn't have to be the end of us. Look at the, I, I look at our Latino brothers and sisters, the, um, the Mexicans. They were Aztec and Inca Indians. And they were conquered. I forget their conquer name, some conquistador from Spain. A European Spaniard. And so they didn't, so now they speak English, they practice Catholicism, but it never, they still, though they were given these things by their conquerors, it still didn't suppress in them the love of liberation and freedom. And to the point they ran those devils up out of Mexico. They ran them out of their lands. Even though they spoke their language, ended up eating their food, ended up taking on a lot of their cultural dynamics, they still had that love for freedom so much that they ran them out of there, and now they have even used that as a bond. They have used their oppressor's language as a, a form of bonding, that they can call themselves the Spanish community. So the Cubans, before Cuban, you put a Cuban and El Salvadorian, a Mexican in a room around all you Negroes, they'll bond together before they bond with y'all. They'll get to speaking that Spanish. Y'all won't even know what they're talking about. Their oppressor's language. And here the oppressor has given us something, has put something on us, and we actually use it. It is that we still fall into the trap of using it as a weapon of division. I heard a brother tell me, well, brother, that's Willie Lynch. You know, that Willie Lynch is in effect. Okay, yeah. But damn, we got the Willie Lynch letter. I tell him if someone's telling you that poisoned you and then give you the ingredients, of the poison and the exact food that they put the poison in, why are you still eating the damn food and poisoning yourself? If I got the letter that says that this is what we're going to do, this is how we're going to implement it, this is what should be done, and I'm still falling for the same tricks, I'm the damn fool. I'd have liked to meet you suckers when I was in the street. I'd be a rich man by now. Somebody gives you the game plan and the blueprint, and we're falling for it. So it's the same with theology. It's not so, like I said, we at the New Black Panther Party, the People Party, it's not so much the theology, it is the way that we, as an African people, perceive theology. It is a way that we practice it. We don't even understand it from a, we have to go back to the study. You know, I hear people talking about, man, it's, like they say, man, it's easier for, uh, 
what, a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get in heaven. I asked him, I said, what is a needle? You know what a needle is, nigga, Negro. I said, man, that's not even a needle. It's the archway in the Middle East that used to be over this, the roadway. So the camel, when he had a heavy load, would have to bend low. He's not talking about a sewing needle, man. For the riches, look, uh, uh, money is the root of all evil. I swear I say that. The Bible. No, I don't say the love of money. So now you Negroes are running from any type of thing to get, I just earn money as a love of I don't want nothing. I'm just going to lay right here and die. Sweet Jesus, take care of me. Allah will come and save me. Without any effort of your own, without any getting out there and asking these spirits, should you believe in these spirits, whatever you're calling your deity, to motivate you, to give you the strength and the courage to get out there and change these conditions, to use your hands to be the changing factor. Not just to lay there and just die and wait for something, wait to a next life, which I believe in. I'm not taking it from it, but I don't believe in to the extent that I was put on earth to wait for a next life. So that's my take on the whole thing. And let's go to the, let's ask, let's go back to uh, uh, Minister Sun for a minute. You know, there's something that you want to add to that. What's your take on it? Because I would love to hear from an atheist perspective. Is this a a pro, is this a good thing, a negative, or a good thing? What do you see from it? Well, I see from it that the effect is so hard. It's so so damaging that, uh, let me give you an example of Vince. You know, uh, Vince is one of our cohorts on the arena. He said that, man, I am not a Christian. You got offended, man. I almost started crying because I called him a Christian, you know, because he said, no, no, brother, I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. But then he said, um, you know, God gave us instructions. I was like, okay, he's spiritual, but God giving us instructions. So you still prophesize. Like, when you take your spirituality, the comedic people, you know, the non-Christian people, when you prophesize, when you try to enforce your belief, you are prophesizing. So it's like, okay, you want to call yourself spiritual, you know, but a lot of people don't know that Rome came up with their own language. You know, do, do half the people know where the word spiritual comes from? I just, this is just a question. You know, a lot of people don't even know where that word comes from. The word spirit was invented by Pope Sylvester. You know, he's the same one that declared that God ordained him to start enslaving Africa. And truth be known, you know, you have some Europeans that was not comfortable with shackling people. Now, I mean, now, I mean, you had a few, but in order to say, you know what, if we, if we come across this where people are having problems enslaving these Africans, I'm going to make up a term. You know what, guess what? You know, these Africans, they don't have no spirit. They have no soul. So we talk about using slave masters' language and concept. And so now we want to, Convince people that we are so spiritual, that we have a soul and all that. Now, I, I'm not locking it, but I'm just saying we have to be aware of some of the languages and why it was used. You know, and so, you know, when you do the history on that, yeah, that word was not one of our words. Of course, you know, people might say, well, none of the English is all the words, but we've got to look at the etymology of the word and why it was used, you know. And so, you know, to justify, well, you know, they have no spirit. I mean, what, what, what is all that about? 
So, you know, if we continue to proselytize and we continue to push the doctrine of Christianity, but we give it new names, you know, we give it like, you know, instead of saying uh, the Father, the Son, Holy Ghost, we say Asar, uh, you know, we, we come up with some Egyptian names, you know. I heard a brother talk about his name is Kippen Ra, you know, the dung beetle, the dung beetle that pushes shit. Y'all can read my language. You know, we come up right. with elaborate names. You know, so, oh, go ahead, yeah, yeah. That was my two. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, right, and and, and I'm letting you know there again. Let me give out the call sign, and we can go to Minister Yakanon and, and Sister Nancy. Your line is your line is open. Um, there, there again, this is New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk, Black Nationalist Network. I'm your host, National Spokesman, Chairman Yang and Kuma out of Atlanta, Georgia. Man, we have a high power host. Oh, hold on, and then we just had our national chairman. Click in. Let me open his lines up. Um, greetings, Chairman Carl. Greetings uh, to the families, uh, to the comrade um, uh, off the bus, walking down the hood, walking on the sidewalk. But uh, I got the phone to my ear, and I'm listening. Continue okay. and go right forward. On. Right on. Right on. So, as, like I said, we, we're blessed today to have our National Minister Information on the line again with us, Minister Yakinon. Um, got my local Minister Information down here, Minister Black Sun, some great dear comrades, and money on the line. High power conversation, black nationalism and theology. The new black nationalism theology. What role, if any, does theology play in revolutionary black nationalist movement? But, son, you know, I, I, I go to say, and no, 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 let me, let me go to, let me go, let's go to a, uh, Minister Yakinam, because I said I was going to go to him. Minister, you've been hearing everything that's going on, and what's your take on this, on everything that you're hearing? Uh, my take on everything that's going on is we are so disillusioned. And, you know, take, for example, you know, our brains have been so primed to hearing things, you know, but when you sit up and you read something, you know, let's say you're sitting up, you got your religious text, your ancient knowledge, whatever you want to call it, because everything was ours to begin with. Language is the way farther back than, you know, what, what some crackers set up and said language was. We had a, we had other things that we set up and, we, uh, you know, had definitions of. So uh, when, we, when we read something sometimes, we've already been told what we read. And so when we read it, we've already been primed to see what it is we read. We've already been told about the devil. We've already been told about these different characters. So we don't even sit up and explore things on our own, and we don't even realize that our minds have been primed to see something out here. And another example of that, another example of that would be the slave master's perception versus the slave's perception. Here you are with the same book, basically, but you got two different perspectives on it. That would be a, that would be another example of the illusion and the certain stuff that we have just not stopped and paid any attention to. We haven't asked any questions because our parents taught us, don't question God. As soon as you sit up and you start asking questions, hey, where did this come from? Where did that come from? And then we was also primed with the tooth fairy, with Santa Claus. You know, we, we was primed for the big, with, for, uh, with the big one as far as the virgin birth is concerned. You know things of that nature. There's just so much that's been that's been happening. We have to sit up and realize what came, what what was given to us, versus our own path as far as what road we went down to obtain this information. Is this taught information or is this knowledge? 
Hosea 4, 6 says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. It wasn't lack of faith. It wasn't lack of belief. It wasn't none of that. It was the lack of what we actually know. Well, black power. Black power. Well, you hit on a key point for me that, that, that you said. Black power, black power. Black power. One of the key points you hit for me that, that really hit home was the perception. Like I said, there again, you know, like I think it promotes. And, and and it says about it says revolutionary black national uh, revolutionary theology, a theology that we see ourselves in, you know. And I think that that's one of the things, the biggest things, is we don't see ourselves in our theology. I mean, we can we can get deep, you know. And I get with it. And I'm down here in Atlanta, so I'm in the Bible Belt South, and I'm down here. And a lot of times, we got these brothers down here. They want to debate religion and they want to go back and forth and. Brother, how could you believe that that's Arab nationalism? My brother, how could you believe the white man gave you this and the white man gave you that? And all of that's fine and well. I'm not refuting any of that from a historical perspective. But I'm looking at people, when I go back in history, my historical reference point to the black church or whatever, going back in history, is when it took on a prominent political social role in the black community. When the black churches was actually the pillar of the community. When you wanted to know what was going on politically, you went to the black churches. You know, churches is what gave you the community report. You go into the black churches, they say, give us, well, we're going to pray for the sick and the shut-in today. Sister so-and-so has been out of the house, a little Johnny been killed in war, sister so-and-so needs some food, are we taking a collection for this and that? It was based on community before these megalomillion churches, before all of this prosperity teaching, that we had taken a weapon that the oppressor had tried to use against us, and it actually became my gathering spot. They were eating the people from the and so on and so forth. So I think that when those were a time when, at the very least, even if it wasn't black nationalism, at the very least, the community in which the church belonged to was active in that community. Like Jeremy Carr said in last week's show when we were talking about culturalism, he said now a lot of times, since we've gotten in this prosperity thing, that these so-called black preachers and the black Indians, they live suburbanites. They live out in the suburbs. But since these white boys won't let you build your churches in the suburbs, they got the noise ordinance. It's not zoned for you niggas in it clapping and jumping with the tambourines. You know, so since they got all of this stuff, you have to go in there with cheap property value. They come and you build back in the black community, and you go on Sundays, you see the most exquisite cars. You know, you can walk through the community. When I was little, we used to play my car in the church parking lot. That's my car. You know, I don't know if any of y'all from the hood know my car. That's mine. That's a game we used to play. Poor people used to play. Daydream. So you would see all of these brothers and sisters coming to the hood in nice, fancy cars and things of that nature. And then right after church, be the first, and, and like Chairman Carr said, he got a fence around the parking lot so that you Negroes don't bother their nice, shiny car. And right after the church, you'll see them run into their cars to get the mess out of the community as fast as they as fast as they can. They are all in tail up out of the community. So it's when the whole dynamic, the the the, the dynamic of the church shifted. It's when they started killing a lot of killing and incarcerating a lot of our black leadership. When a lot of us revolutionary brothers and sisters were incarcerated, and this is why I encourage the brothers and sisters out there of revolutionary black nationalism to go hold these churches accountable. See, when they would have to be accountable to the community, they would do right by the community. 
But now we get into theological debate, and we want to be so deep. Everybody want to be a professor. YouTube, to me, is one of the, the best and worst things that could have happened to the black man. Mm-hmm. Now you got overnight professors. Everybody want to debate religion, and everybody want to be so deep. You see what I'm saying? And, not, and nobody is talking anything substantial. Nobody is talking anything political, economic, or social. How it can benefit, whether that be from religion or anything. Jimmy Carl, was you trying to say something, brother? Yes. Um, one is uh, that was uh, well spoke. When we deal with the theology, um, and then we deal with spirituality, brothers and sisters have to understand that spirit, spirituality is not an institution that man had created. It's an institution that came with your birth. Spirituality and reality are one. Before we had any religious institution, brother and sister could live in any culture uh, throughout the world before we got contaminated with institutionalized religion. A sister could walk around with a breath that was actually milk bottles to nourish her child. The European came and made them sex symbols. She never was molested. She never was raped. But there was no book that would tell people not to do that. Why? It was in our nature, our physical nature. We didn't have to have iron gates on our houses. Why? It was in our nature not to go steal from another man. It was in our nature that if we had a crop, we shared that crop with our neighbors. It was in our nature. We didn't need no book. What happened is now that because we have been contaminated, our outside forces is made our spiritual life look alien. To speak to a brother is today in many cases are alien. To feed somebody in many cases are alien. They think you're trying to get over. To a sister walk the street today, the brother is trying to beat the baby to the breast where the baby don't have no breast. Because society had made what was natural to us, spiritual to us, made them other things. So when we get into spirituality and try to put that in an institution, no, a child will come out of the womb, uh, listen to me very closely, a child will come out of the womb and tell you it's your breast thing. A child will come out of the womb and tell you daddy a man done been in the house when you're gone. A child will come out the womb and tell you, look, your clothes right. That child didn't need no book. And the institution in the world turned that child around and teach that child how to lie, teach that child how to uh, be slick, uh, 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 be cool. It's in our nature. It is when the world comes and turns that nature around. That's why I say culture is so important. Ain't no boy coming out the womb switching and looking at another boy or a girl coming out the womb switching and looking at another girl, and you're going to say that's, that's a spirituality. No, you are a creature of your environment. And once we get in an environment, we become that creature. If we hang around doodle long enough, we're going to stink. If we hang around clean water, we're going to wash. So I'm saying that it ain't like... Uh, 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 this religious formation, that religious formation, uh, that religious formation, it's about us being of our nature, our natural nature, our spiritual nature that came with our breath, came with our eyesight, that came with our smell, 
that came with our senses, and that it had nothing to do with no a white devil, a black devil, or a green devil. We just have to develop that, and we did before integration came about, before we got institutionalized and turned the spirituality, and I end this by saying that. That will save us on the ships. I don't care what culture we came to, we all had some type of spirituality in us. When we got into the European religion, we went underground. They outlawed the drums, so we got the drums now. We brought the drums into the church because the drums were outlawed. outlawed. Our emotionalism was outlawed. So we got that in the church. We called speaking in tongues and shouting. All of these are spiritual uh, 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 cultures that we ease in and slip in to maintain our life uh, on the plantation, even in captivity. You know, right there in Cuba. See, there are numbers that you know. His ancestors go all the way back to the to the brutal culture, which was a way of life. You know, so when we began to understand that whenever the European put us in an institution, it's basically for his own control. And like what Yanga said, we had to use the church because that was the only place that he allowed us to gather except in the fields to pick the cotton. So we utilized that time in the church to begin to speak cold, to begin the same song that give our message. We, we begin to use uh, the institution that he put us in to brainwash us. But many of us were sharp enough and wise enough to utilize the institution for our benefit of our liberation. And I end that on that note, saying that the institution today, right now I'm walking down 105, and you ain't going to know about that. We got 25 churches in one block, and they got gentrification coming into the city. And they finna tear down most of the uh, businesses here in the city that are owned by us and uh, 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 moving uh, Caucasian back in the cities and taking on the houses. But I tell you one thing that they would not tear down. They're not going to tear down these churches. Why? Because they are now institutions are being used to maintain the buffer zone for our community. So I, I end that on that. So I know I'll probably get some slight, but uh, I'm saying as long as we maintain my spirit and keep our spirit in it, like our parents say, Keep the spirit going, and we'll move forward. And that's not a spooky spirit I'm talking about. That's our life. Black power. Black power. Black power. The People's Chairman, our national chairman, Chairman Kahal. And uh, some very profound and, and absolutely. And that spirit being, for me, brothers and sisters, and for the New Black Panther Party, the people, that spirit being the spirit of revolutionary black nationalism, the spirit of unity. We have to find a way to start unifying. We already have enough division out there. Minister Yakanon and I were talking about this the other day when he and I were on the phone, and we were talking about, you know, how people are divisive, how we take certain things like from, we were talking about the Honorable Dr. Khalid Abdul Muhammad, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, may Allah have mercy upon him, giving Jennifer for the dose, giving the highest level of paradise. But how people listen to Dr. Khalid uh, Abdul Muhammad, and they take from him, the, the confrontational side, the controversy, the going head up with people, 
I'm a warrior like Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. You take all of that, but from what I get from him and what I love about him, what's his morality? His sense of ethics, his uprightness, the way that he lived, and you could tell that because any black man speaking as strong as this brother was speaking, if those devils could have found an ounce of dirt, they would have publicized it time and time again, and they would have slandered him and drug his name through the mud like they do so many black leaders. And the mere fact that they can do that lets you know what type of life this human being led. But we don't want to do that. You get some of the most perverse, worst human beings quoting this moral, upright man, taking the controversy. So they like the sensationalism, the rhetoric. Well, I'm telling you here at the New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, like I said, does black nationalism and theology, does theology play a role? We're not saying that you have to be religious, you have to have a theology. We're not saying that you have to have one. This is not a black Muslim movement. Let me say that again, because that is one of the biggest misconceptions we have. In fact, I have to give some props to uh, 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 Malik for that. In one of the letters, in one of the old manuals he had wrote, he had a question of what the Panthers were. See, I came up in the Panthers when we were under Malik. We actually did study. I don't know what's going on with a lot of these cats today. But one of the things that he had wrote a letter, in a, it was questions, typical questions or general questions usually asked the party. And it was, what, are you a black Muslim movement? And the answer was no. We are not a black Muslim movement. We're not a black Christian movement. We're not a religious movement. But we do say we have a respect for any people that have religion. The thing that we require and strongly, you know, require and strongly request is that when you're reading these scriptures, regardless of what your scripture is, you see yourself in your scripture. You see your plight in your scripture. You see ways to motivate and to advance and empower your people in your scripture. And the only way to do that is like what Chairman Carl was saying, is realizing that uh, the way that we, that black nationalism is natural, it's only natural for people to want to see someone who looks like them and eats the same food and has shared some of the same experiences to want to advance if you are a healthy, sane, rational-minded human being. Now, if you're sick and depraved in the mind, then, of course, you want to see someone who looks like you fail to be miserable in life. That's someone that's not even thinking right. Well, that's a madman. He's crazy, I tell you. But the sane man wants to see them advance. And that black nationalism teaches us not to get caught up into the semantics and the things that would divide us and not to come at you because the white man gave you the Bible or the Arab man gave you the uh, uh, Quran or this and that, but to find that common ground, to find the thing that can unify us. And that my thing is this, listen, if you walk in the road of Christ and that makes you do good in your community, it makes you morally upright, it makes you have a kind word for your neighbor, it makes you stay away from the thieving, it makes you stay away from the... uh, slander and the other things and the debauchery and the sickness that plagues our community and more power to you. It's the same with any of my religious brothers and sisters, whatever you're practicing. And if you're strong enough to be what they call a spiritualist, I don't need any book, more power to you. And if you like my minister, who's an upright brother to me, 
and an atheist, they say, hey, man, all of that to me is just what causes divide amongst the black people. I believe in myself. I believe in the power of the black man. I believe get out here with your own hands, brother Yanger. I believe my belief is in black nationalism. You know what? Yo, you rolling with me. More power to you. We have to stop having the things that divide us, that separate us, finding things, finding finding these divisions in, 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 in the teaching, finding reasons to come at one another. And that just shows you all of that is is a person that shows you that they have a lack of identity or at the very least, or at the very least, is a lazy human being. And I'm going to turn it back over to some of our esteemed guests, but why do I say a lazy human being in my conclusion? Because it is easier to sit in there and get in some philosophical debate, to go back and forth on on some um, on, on theories and theologies and to debate this and ancient Kemet and you're back and forth and what the walls are. And you niggas don't even read hieroglyphics, but you're telling me what the walls of the pyramids is and all of this stuff and go back and forth and actually get out here and do some real work to get out here and to unify your people, to cross the lines, transcend the lines. And let's go, and my guest, hold on for me. Let's go to, I want to go to the um, phone lines. Minister Yakinon, hold on for me, please. Um, Mr. Blackson, hold on for me. Please. Let's go to some of, these, some of these phone lines. You're listening to New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk Black Nationalist Network. There again, I'm your host, Yang Nkrumah. Um, we got our National Minister of Information, Minister Yakinon, special guest on today, my minister, my local minister of information, now named Minister Black Son, a strong comrade, one of my sister comrades, Sister Nunny, on the line, and your mic's open, sister. And we got our national chair, the people's chair, Chairman Carl out of Cleveland, Ohio. Let's go to the phone lines, man. Let's see what's happening down here in Atlanta. Area code 770-4387. Your line's open. Well, why lay this around, brother Hyrule? What's good, brother? How you doing? Marshall? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good get, getting ready for tomorrow. We got, we got, they got a little something going on tomorrow down the council building. But how you doing tonight, man? Hey, man. Is that what brother Daryl sent me? I didn't I didn't know where that was going to be at, man. And I'll talk to you off the line about that. But what's what's going uh, on? Share with us, man. I was going to sit out here trying to get these values together, man. Get these marks together. Bring the, bring the union in these streets, man. I'm loving it, bro. Man, it feels so good to see how these different organizations come together. You know what I mean? They're on some righteous stuff, yes, man. Sir. And the thing is, ain't yes, just a couple yes, of us, man. It's, it's brothers all over the country coming together. Man, I just, I looked on the, uh, I got I got a uh, text the other night. You know, the Jimmy's and the Blacks on Chicago, and they made a song together, man. Made a song together? Yeah. Yeah, talking about, oh, they both, they, 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 talking about they talking about real games coming together. You feel me? And they basically talking about how we got to be united out here, man. Yeah, that, that was fine. Then we that, went man. down to Newton. Oh, thank you, brother. Get down here and do this. Man, man. Hey, man, I got to give it. And, and, and let me send a shout out because I got to give you props, man. I have to give props when the props is done. Like you said, probably been in Noonan. Brothers in these trenches. We doing um, Speaking in the Bluff. I don't know if many of y'all heard about Atlanta. If not, Check the Cannon Film Festival. They made a movie about the bluff. It's, it's real. It's the real, real spot down here in the A. And his brother's off in the bluff with the gang members doing unifying, getting them ready for Brother Chairman to come in, for the Panthers to come in and do our work. I give my field marshal big props, man. 
and that's good stuff you're doing. And 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 here's a prime example of a religious brother who has not just sat in the mass here. My brother Harun, not just my field marshal, not just my comrade in these trenches, but also my brother in Islam, who has not just sat in these sat in the masjid out of Imam Jamil Abdullah Alameen's community, but is one who embodies that spirit of Brother Imam Jamil Abdullah Alameen, Brother Free Brother Imam, who was formerly known as H. R. Brown. This brother here is embodying that spirit of community activism, embodying the spirit of revolutionary work, taking the scriptures that Allah has given him by the way of Muhammad, and living them. You know what I'm saying? They said Muhammad was a Quran in action. And here's the brother who takes a verse from uh, the Quran where Allah tells the people to unify the community. And Allah says that the people say, okay, I'm going to call it what can be translated to mean loosely. That the people will cry out, when comes the help of Allah? When will someone come? That When will Allah raise someone up that will stop oppression? And here this brother's taking these scriptures and getting in the streets and doing it. So this is where I'm thinking that theology, if applied right, can actually have a place in a revolutionary black nationalist movement. I think that it goes back to like what my brother Minister Yak and I was saying, it's just all in the perception. Brother Harun, did you want to share something else with us before I go to the brother oh, no, ministers just, and let them chime in? No, I just, I just want to call and say hi to y'all, brother, man. And I got y'all back, and I'm proud of all things y'all been taught me, man. And I want to tell y'all, thank you for everything, man. Hey, man, thank you, brother. That's real talk, man. All, all jokes aside and all BS aside, brother, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for keeping the chairman informed, man. Keep up the good work. And I need to get with you about that thing going down at the Capitol tomorrow and, and see what's happening. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get by the chairman. I'm trying to get that right to Crip Nation, and we'll get down there. See what's up? I'll send to your phone again, but call when you get off the line. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I saw him on Oh, oh, yeah, and you, and you know, another thing I want to tell you, you know, you know, yes, Gator was down here. You know, Gator was down here. Oh, Gator was down here? Yeah, I met him, man. He shook my hand. This man was so happy to meet me. I'm happy to meet him. He said, I heard hey, so man, much he about, about you, brother. He's, he hear about you doing the work, man. That's just the tip. That's just the tip of it, brother. You know, you probably have big props all in the, you know, when you go back to the shiners, because you're doing the work. When you do the work, you recognize <laughs> Oh, I'll say y'all brother, man, it's a miracle, man. But that's what's up. Black power, man. We're leaving Salah. Black power, sir. Mr. Yakinai. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Your lines open. You've been hearing everything we've been saying. And like I was saying, that brother to me, Harun, my, my field marshal, man, does his thing, is an example of theology and revolutionary black nationalism in a good mixture. You know, here's a brother that doesn't just sit in the masjid, you know, and make the prayers. He makes his prayers, but he gets out there, he takes this scripture, and he puts it to work. So just looking for some feedback into that. So, you know, that's my whole thing. So I think that theology can work. Would you uh, agree or disagree with that if if applied properly? I would agree with that 100%. Not only am I going to agree with it, but we're going to break it down a little bit. We're going to give some personal examples of things like that. All right. Now, when you, I, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence. You know, I've been deep into Christianity to the point where if you'd have said something about Jesus, we'd have spread at the tables out in the room and we'd have got it on in the middle of the dance floor because I was, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, because I, I, that that European mind state had been instilled in me, and I was willing to protect Master's house by any means necessary at all costs because. 
you know, that was the defense mechanism that had been put in me. You know, I was taught to attack. If you come tell me you're a Muslim, you don't believe in you. I'm taught to attack, you know, based on the, the, the uh, slave master's mind state that's been instilled in me. Now, when I woke up, when that light came on, like you see on the cartoons, bing, you know, when that finally happened, then when I started looking at it in another way, I seen the uh, I seen the Hebrew children being murdered coming straight out of the womb, like it happened to us over here in America, connected to the negative, negative, negative eugenics program. When I sit up and I see the Egyptians not sitting down eating with the Hebrews like it was going on with the whites versus black, them saying that's an abomination, it's just nasty for them to sit down with us. Um, when I sit up and I see things like, uh, uh, you know, the Hebrews being in captivity and, you know, their whole mission is to sit up and break free. And then I start applying that situation to myself. Like a teacher would put a math problem on the board for an example. There's nothing wrong with us at that point using these types of things for examples because then it motivates us. It gives us experience. It gives us um uh, it gives us an example to follow. Everything in nature has examples to follow. Everybody on this phone got a parent. I don't care what they tell you about the bird and both all of y'all that's on this uh, program tonight, all of y'all got uh, uh, an example you had to follow. You know, all of y'all parents might not have been there, but, you know, you know what I'm saying. So uh, as far as things like that are concerned, those things are very important when it's leading you in the right direction, when it's a guiding light to you not being used in a negative way toward the betterment of your people. You can't deny it. If you knew a brother who was a certain way before, like myself, man, I did all kind of things. I did things that, that I'm ashamed to sit up here and talk about on the phone. I did things that I can't even mention because they'll probably put a warrant out for me right now. But it was things that was going on in that mind state when all I had to do was sit up here and depend on the grace and it was all about forgiveness and this and that. But now I have a sense of morality. And I had my I, my nature had been stripped away from me. There was no such thing as a nature that was instant. But I could still feel something in my heart when I was doing wrong. But now I have more of a moral code that I could sit up and I can go by. And I and I know that my behavior is out of line. You know, I know that I shouldn't be out here pausing at my people. Uh, you know, with black capitalism, just sitting up here trying to make money off our people and things like that. And if 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 my if my enemy is going to be using these things against me as a blueprint against me, as far as uh you know, for an example, you know, kill all the Hebrew children, you know, what I'm saying as soon as they coming out of the womb. If my enemy is going to be using something like that against me, then I have to turn around and study these things that are being used against me. I have to sit up here and look at the Willie Lynch letter, whether somebody say it's real or fake, if I'm sitting up seeing these tactics go on through my eyesight. These are things that I can see. These are things that can be proven. Truth stands for itself. I don't have to sit up and argue the truth with nobody. I don't have to debate the truth with nobody. Excuse me? Yeah. I don't I don't have to debate the truth with nobody. It's just going to stand on its own. And I think that would be applying wisdom to the situation when you're able to look at it like that. So to answer your question again, I think it is highly important when it can get you up off the couch and motivate you into action as far as doing something. And anybody, on whatever level you are, if you say you're a revolutionary and you want some change, anything that motivates somebody to be able to do something, you should accept it and embrace it like power. Black power. Black power. Let's go to, you know, what I heard from my misinformation, son, is, you know, that's a good question, you know, because most of us are on the line. 
or spiritual mm-hmm. or some type of form of, 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 of uh, organized religion, what motivates you? You know what I'm saying? And coming from California and being the nephew of who the nephew you are and being in the land, you know, coming from a strong revolutionary background and being raised an atheist, what motivated you and inspired you to get into the revolution, to get, to get the understanding and the um, ideology of black nationalism that you have? And do you see in that um, people who have a theology having a harder time to come to the grasp or the realization of black nationalism? Oh man, I love I love that question. Um, I think uh, people in theology do have a hard time understanding black nationalism. I think they um, look at it in in reverse, meaning if you're not a black nationalist, you're going to get lost in uh, your ideology and spirituality, thinking that it's supposed to uh, unite us. Because in these separate doctrines, whether it be Islam, Christianity. Uh, Hebrew Israelite, um, it teaches that you're to unite under the banners of that doctrine or under that belief. Now, as a black nationalist, the title is Black Nationalism and Theocracy. The two cannot coexist. Let me say that again. Black nationalism and the, the, the theocracy, it, they cannot coexist. The reason I say that is because as black nationalists, we are supposed to, you know, you mentioned if you have a <clears throat> Palestinian, and we jump on that Palestinian. I don't care if that Palestinian is an atheist or homosexual. Other Palestinians will aid that Palestinian. That's Palestinian nationalism. That's Arab nationalism, okay? If we are guided by our theology, then we will <laughs> we will say things like, yeah, beat that faggot. You know, that God dang homosexual, that's why God don't like them ugly. You know, we are divided by our personal beliefs, and we will allow that thug to get beat down, that homosexual, that that lesbian, or whatever, that boy with his pants hanging down, because we're judging from a theocratic uh, uh, position. Now, the black nationalists don't judge. We are black nationalism is a governing structure, is a governing body. Now. Some may say, well, you know, we need we need uh, culture, we need morals, we need ethics. No, we need balance because we all have different ideologies based on our culture, what is moral. You know, like I've said many times, you know, I don't promote, because me, to me, is, uh, homosexuality is morally wrong. So I don't promote that. However, it would be wrong of me as a black nationalist to allow anybody to beat up on that homosexual as being a black person because at the end of the day, as a black nationalist, those are our brothers and sisters. Let me say that again. The black homosexual community, the lesbian, the LGBT, those are our brothers and sisters. As I'm speaking, we have goddamn homosexual members in our own family. Let's just keep it real. Okay? So do we allow them to get beat up by the police? Do we allow them to get beat up by other people? You know, it's just like, you know, black nationalism is like, and I don't, I don't like to use police officers as a good example, but a police officer is supposed to be neutral in a situation when he comes out. You know, you don't tell that officer, well, officer, that man is a homosexual. 
well, that man's a Christian or he's a Muslim. No, you state the problem, you know, the, or, you know, state the situation. And he looks at, supposed to be looking at both situ, you know, both parties as, as, I guess, the great equalizer. Well, that's what black nationalism is. We are a governing body. So we are supposed to be able to manage a nation. And so if you got black people in this nation and you got black Christians in this nation and you got a black uh, Muslim brother nation, they, they happen to get into it. We as black nationalists, you know, come before the council and we ask what's wrong and we be biased. We don't, we don't lean towards the Christian because, you know, that's my Christian brother. Oh, then we don't lean towards the Islamic brother, Assalamualaikum, that's my Muslim brother. We don't do that. That is not nationalism. That is a leaned, biased system that will not work. We got to be just across the board. So we can't let our mm-hmm. personal uh, uh, prejudices affect how we govern a nation, how we govern our new nation. You know, we can't we can't govern it off because we have different cultures that dictate our personal let me say that again. We have uh different cultures that dictate our personal morals, our personal principles, our personal you know, now one might say, Well, we need spirituality in order to balance, you know, teams so we don't live in a crazy Oh man, Chad Charles dropped uh dropped on us. Let's go before I go to Brother Chairman, let's go to um we got uh one more caller. Let's open up the phone lines. You're listening to New Black Panther Party, the People's Party, People's Talk Black Nationalist Network, area code seven zero three eight one four six. You're live on the air. Hey, good afternoon, brothers. Good evening, actually. Good evening. Um, yeah, I was I, I wanted to add on to um um, what the brother was talking about uh, a little bit earlier um, with, about on the basis of theology um, as a universal um, unification um, element. And and in that, um, I'm, I'm actually a spiritualist. Um, when, a lot that scared me, I grew up as a Christian under a pastor. Um, I got uncles who were pastors. And um, I, I learned I learned Christianity, and I, I got a diehard strength for it, you know. So um, as I grew up, though, I started noticing things, and I sat with my pops when I was about 32. And um, one thing that um, I asked him, there was a Muslim woman working in the back, and I was like, Dad, yo, she's she's wholesome and, uh, and very easy on the eyes, Father. And I look at us, and I'm like, I'm all flashy and stuff. So if we're going off this basis, she's more wholesome than I. And my father said no. And I was like, why? Because it's easy to look at her. She's got herself covered. And my father couldn't get past the fact that she had to be saved. And I was like, but, Dad, if we're looking at fruits, she carries herself in a unselfish manner, and she's actually complimenting men and actually protecting their minds. So me and my dad had a falling out. But as I started researching and going back and finding truth, one thing that I found was that there was fruits in all of the religions that I've looked at, from the Buddhist to the 
to Jews, to Muslims, to Christianity. There is a foundation that everybody was trying to follow. And this is where I separated myself because I took the mind, the mind teachings of, of the Buddhists. I took the, the teachings of the law from Allah. And I also took the principles of the fruits of the Spirit and the foundations that they were all found on, Ten Commandments. So in doing that, I actually took my belief and used everyone's teachings to increase that which was presented to me. And in that, I saw fruits in everybody. And the blessing was, the blessing was actually getting to the foundation is that it's not about religions because in the beginning there was never a religion. You know, the the whole basis of it was a connection, a relationship. And and right now in the in a time of a unification um process going on between the brothers and sisters is to actually see that the religion, the division and and move forward to actually getting into the fruits of the people. Even when even in homosexualities, I understand. There's a little trouble going on that you don't understand. There's a little trouble that was going on with me that I didn't understand. There's a lot of things that happen that we don't understand why we are and who we are the way we are now. And getting to the meaning of a time to heal and find the find the answers to what is transpiring and why we are the way we are. It, it it actually opens up a mindset to bring people in, you know, because right now we, we don't know what the effects of slavery had, but except for what the wisdom has been taught about it. But I see a deeper breakage, a deeper wound that is inside the spirits of all these people. And as we're supposed to be manifesting in a higher consciousness, all of this higher conscious energy is turning into a fleshly understanding we're missing something, you know. Yeah. So I, I I love you guys because out of all the pastors that I've been going to, getting rejected in the Christian churches, I actually, from what they told me, it can't be done. Unification can't happen unless you believe in this. I come on this yeah. conference call mm-hmm. and I see it beginning to transpire. And I tell you, man, well, this spirit that people are operating under, it's about to be brought down. And this conference call is witness to it. Hallelujah. Right, well, we, we definitely thank you that, brother. We thank, yeah, thank you for that. And that's, and that's the spirit of, um, you know, a revolutionary black nationalism and, 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 and black nationalist theology. Uh, and, and, and we thank the brother, and we thank the brother for that. Um, so we're going to go to, let's go to our phone line. Sherman Carr, if you could say a few words for a minute and take a break. I'm, let's go to you for a second. Yes, uh, that was well put. Uh, that was that was well put, and and, and uh, uh, it was clear for those who have understanding and uh, those who don't uh, strive to uh, work on that. Uh, and Malcolm made it so clear. Uh, Garvey made it so clear. Uh, many of our forerunners made it clear. Uh, black nationalism is only uh, not just a theology, but black nationalism. Malcolm said, uh, "My politics 
my economics, my social, in building this round for black nationalism. He said, yes, I'm a Muslim. So he organized the uh, African-American uh, unity, but uh, it, back then he didn't call it African-American unity. He called it Afro-American unity because he understood that we weren't ready to call ourselves Africans because of the label of the white supremacy that put on us and that we will grow into it. Uh, the Honorable Markham Saigaga said the Universal Negro Improvement Association, but he also said African Community Lead because he knew that one day we're going to grow into an African community and that we will be leading in economics, politics, and the whole thing. But my brother articulated so beautifully when they say universally, uh, when we get into uh, theology, especially uh, religion, and he said it once again so beautifully, uh, religion uh, was given to us by the proper brothers and sisters. No, I'm not talking about those carpetbaggers and the hustlers and the pimps uh, to build some type of moral and ethic uh, principles. And so in all of those religions uh, that is properly being taught by those leaders understand uh, that these uh, formation was given to give moral uh, direction, and when uh, the books came to us, it's because uh, society had went astray, or every culture had went astray, so certain brothers and sisters came in with good intention. Like any other brothers and sisters, there are forces that would try to uh, co-opt that, but when we say that we are black nationalists, uh, we are looking at our politics, and it must have a spiritual base, because if it don't, we will end up being like the white capitalists. Um, uh, 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 our economics, our education, if you don't have ethics and uh, spiritual background, it will be the same thing. Uh, for instance, when you say that uh, uh, the presidents in the United States, they swear on the Bible, but at the same time they say the separation of church and state. That's a contradiction. Uh, so, And then the Constitution said one nation under God. That's a contradiction, you know. And so I'm saying that these terms have been used loosely, but those who are in good heart in all religious institutions, those in good heart use it to bring about humanity. Uh, if I see a homosexual being jumped on, I'm going to intervene because black nationalism simply means that we are not only black nationalists, that we're dealing with the survival of our people, but survival of humanity, period. And black nationalism is not a white nationalism, is not white supremacy. Uh, we don't pattern ourselves uh, in the formation of hatred. Black nationalism to us is just survival uh, as a people, and that came from when we were put on a boat and brought together as one people and put on a plantation and exploited and brutalized as one people. And it was necessary for us to use uh, uh, a spiritual foundation to bring us together, to not to separate us. And uh, the enemy understood that. And we have been taught, I created you different, not that you despise one another, but that you might know one another and that we might share in those differences as I create the birds and the bees, the flowers and the trees. You know, so uh, we, so once we get to that understanding, but like the Black National Movement and being hijacked, 
It's like the Islamic movement being hijacked. It's like the Christian movement being hijacked. Any movement that is towards to bring about humanity, regardless of what name you call yourself, but if it's bringing about unity among the human family, and in the end, in the end, in the end of all of this, there are two forces that exist in the end of all this, pro-humanity and anti-humanity. And as an anti-humanity forces, job is to divide the very religious institution, to uh, divide the very yeah. political institution, and to divide the very economic uh, uh, formation. So this is why we choose to program tonight in black nationalism and religious theology to show that not only the black liberation movement got uh, 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 agents of uh, of of the uh, system to divide us, but they got Asian also to divide the religious community. Uh, there's no coincidence that there are, there are division among the Hebrews. There's no coincidence that there's division among the Christians. There's no incident that you know, division among the Muslims because they have been told. In the end, there will be many sects in the Christian religion. There will be many sects in the uh, Muslim uh, uh, religion, the Buddhist religion. It will split up and break it up. That's the job of the enemy, to break up the pro-humanity forces that are dealing with moral and ethics principle. And the moral and ethics exactly. principle is natural. And I end it by saying this. You get two childs raised up. That black child and that white child, or that Asian child, they will they will play with each other until the elders or to the family say, no, they different from you. Uh, you have to separate yourself from that. And the reason we say black nationalism, black nationalism is not separate itself from humanity. Black nationalism is not separating itself from religion. Black nationalism said that we as a people have been the most people on the planet that had the greatest crime of genocide. Culturally, spiritually, mentally committed against us. When we say black nationalism, we're not running around trying to pick out uh, this brother, this sister, this sister, this. No, our job is to bring us back as a people. And once we come back as a people, then we can unite other people. First, we have to unite ourselves. And black nationalism is, is not a hate movement. It's a spiritual, pro Humanity movement, but first we must that's organize and unite ourselves. And I want to jump in there on that because that's the point. What I love that you said, but that's the point because you, you know, I think our people have to know we definitely are pro humanity. We definitely are pro humanity. But I, I think one of the things that we had on the show, uh, we did a show on multiculturalism. We have to know that we have to unify ourselves. There's no problem, brothers and sisters, with saying black is strong, black is beautiful, and that we need to be unified. I don't want us to get, and I don't want people to take the words of Chairman Kahar and go to the next level because some of us don't understand black nationalism, so we'll jump straight to the pro-humanity before being pro-black. We'll jump straight to help everybody else before helping ourselves. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not tiptoeing through the YouTubes. I'm not taking the easy route or anything. I'm saying right now in this juncture, in our development, in our advancement as black revolutionary nationalists and revolutionary black nationalists, that we have to put ourselves first, that we have to look out, we have to do the three Ds, defy, develop, and defend. We have to define what's in the best interest of our communities. We have to develop what's in the best interest of our communities. And then we have to defend those institutions and programs that, that go into, that constitute 
be a development and advancement of our communities. Then we can contribute to the human race. It's like I said, it's a race. But we're not even in the damn race. We're on the sidelines, cheerleading everybody else running the race. Go white man, go. Go Arab man, go. Go Mexican, go. Oh, you don't believe me? You don't believe that we're cheering everybody else on? We find it in our theologies that we're cheering everyone else on. We're better Muslims than the Arabs. We're better Hebrews than the damn Jews. We're better Christians than Romans than the damn Pope. We better, we got young brothers out in the Migo. So we got a spot down here called, called Kirkwood. They call it Little Mexico. I asked a sister on the show why they call it Little Mexico. She said they, they call it Little Mexico because they, they, they say they work hard like the Mexicans. Why you got to say you work hard like the Mexicans? Why you ain't working? Who work harder than the black man? So now you even say the damn Mexicans work harder than us. Black nationalism restores that honor, that dignity, that respect, that pride in all that we do. That we don't find people always saying that somebody is better than us at whatever we do. So black nationalism gives that back to us. Now we say not only does it give it back to us, because we're not asking anyone to give us a damn thing, black nationalism is saying we're taking that back. We understand that we are a displaced nation of people, that we come from a mighty people of African descent, and that we will help contribute to humanity. Hell, we built humanity. We civilized the, the world. That's right. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to lose my Africanness, my blackness, my Moorishness, my Akibalanness, my Kemeticness, whatever you Negroes are calling yourselves today. It's all the same thing. That I'm not going to lose this at the expense of you thinking or calling me racist. We're done falling for your tricks. Oh, you're a hate group. No, I feel like Chairman Carr says, I'm a love group. Why, to do what I do and to sacrifice what I sacrifice and to speak in the manner that I speak, I must love my people tremendously. It would be so much easier to sell out. It would be so much easier to go and, and, and get with the corporate America, get a nine-to-five, white-collar. Most of us Negroes would be blue-collar. Some of us wouldn't even be that. be no-collar, white beaters on. But it would be so much easier to go out here and just sell out, sell my soul. But I love my people. I want my people to have a chance in the human race. I want my people to have a chance at development. That's why we're we're a self-determinist group. We're saying that we want not we want the right. We're taking the right, and we want you to stop willfully hindering and obstructing us from the natural processes of evolution of any people like you did Africa. Why is Africa Africa unstable? Because in its development, you came to destabilize it by taking what Chairman Carr teaches us, the most precious resource, not the gold, not the diamonds, not the rubber trees, but the people. You came and robbed Africa of its most precious resources, the people. And now us over here, the displaced Africans, the Africans here in America, are saying that it's imperative for our survival it is imperative. It's not even a choice, brothers and sisters. It's imperative for our survival that we get it together and we unify, despite our theology. Our theologies should be the unifying factor. Because if you believe in a God, and you believe that this God is the God of your people, whether they believe like you believe or not, then it is your job to help your people. 
a Jew is going to help a Jew. Even if that Jew is a practicing Jew or not, can be the most sinful, disgraceful, sinless Jew in the world. But another Jew will feel a moral, spiritual obligation and responsibility to help that Jew. Not even spiritual. I don't even say spiritual since my, I have my brother, uh, minister, uh, son who is an atheist, but a moral, social responsibility and ob- obligation to help that Jew. That's right. An Asian will do the same thing. A Mexican and Latino would do the same thing. But us as the Negro over in America, for fear of being looked at and ostracized by another people, we'll shun someone. They put ISIS on the news. They show you these Muslims, terrorist Muslims. You Negroes get with white Christians, and that's why I don't mess with them Muslims. Yazo, I don't mess with them Muslims. I was a good Christian. You Muslims do the same thing. They do something, you get over there with the brothers. That's what I'm saying. Ah, the Muslims, the, the Christians, ah, white man gave the Bible, ah. And they still, like Sister Nanny said, when they pull you over, they don't say, Salaam alaikum, Shalom, Jesus wept. They don't say none of that. They say, nigga. I'm watching something on the television. They shot the mentally ill brother for coming to the door with a screwdriver. They didn't ask him what his religion was. And poor mother, I, I can't imagine what she got to live with because she called the damn devils. I bet she hates she did that every day. Yep. She called the devils. I'm going to go to our minister there. I'll close a minute. But let's go to Sister Nutty who's been holding patiently. Sister, you still there? Uh, yes, I'm here. You I was want to ask something? You've been holding patiently. Um, yeah, I just wanted to add, you know, I want to stress why theology and black nationalism, you know, can't, it, it doesn't work together. Well, because we first got to understand really what black nationalism is, you know, black nationalism, black nationalism is a member of a group, you know, that's militant blacks who are advocating separation from whites and the formation, you know, to self-govern ourselves. So if we're advocating separating from those things, theology was man-made and created by European technology and terminology. So those things can't work when we are trying to format our own nationalism. We don't know who we are. That's my whole thing. How can we say that theology is important to us when we don't know, okay, what did the Ashantis worship? What did the Bobos worship? What did they worship? We have not identified ourselves culturally of who we are in order to understand what theology is important. So separation to me is what black nationalism is all about, like you all have been speaking on, and I think that that's the things that we need to teach. You know, and another thing we have to understand, too, is that Spirituality and religion are totally different. Brother Kahar touched on that. Spirituality is something you're born with. You've got to have spirit in order to be able to breathe and survive and move around and do the things that you're doing every day. That didn't have anything to do with theology. You know, Jesus and, and Allah and all of these things, no disrespect, when we came out the mother's womb, was not accessible to us in no way, form, or fashion that we know these things were the things that created us or brought us into the world, and there's no factual statements or no factual documents to support those things. So why is theology so important? 
The only reason why theology was created is to do exactly what it's been doing for the last hour, causing us to separate and linger on into things that had certain things to do with religion, when the main thing and the main focus is nationalism and separating ourselves from all of those things that are dominating our people and continuously destroying who we are as a people and actually, you know, um, diminishing our culture. So that's what I wanted to touch bases on. You know, we can be intellectual, we can be all of that, but at the end of the day, once we separate ourselves, as Brother Kahar said, naturally, you know, spiritually, we will find who we are because we will actually identify with those people. But we can't do that when we have mixed emotions and mixed theology, which is religious cults and technologies and ways to get us to separate and believe in what one person put into writing and presented in front of us. And, um, that's the other thing I wanted to speak on, sir. And thank you. And I want to touch on that briefly. And we come in our last minutes, we're going to hear everybody, you know. Um, but I want to touch on that. And, and I don't, because me, you know, as a Muslim, I don't think it's so much organized religion or the theology. I think a lot of it was this integration and it's a simulation. When we look at the times when time on us is segregated, we look at the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who took what many would say an oppressor's religion and cleaned the black man up. He cleaned the black man up. He took it because he took it, what was given to him, and he applied it to specific and certain circumstances that affected and plagued our community. So he taught, he took that and taught a moral and an ethnic righteousness. It's when we started losing our damn minds and we get in here and we get to intermingling and we think that we okay. Now we start taking and we have the nerve to divide ourselves among religions. We look at the noble Drew Ali. We look at the uh, Benjamin, you know, who I read a thing on Benjamin when he took his people up out, here, out of Chicago, the Hebrew Israelites. He said that the only projects his son knows are the ones that lift your car up and change your tires with. So it was when they took these things that were forced upon us, and being a strong African people that we are, you can't force nothing on us. Look, they forced a pig on us. Now they eating shitlings. They forced the guts. Gave us the worst part of the damn pig. Now they swear by some pig feet. Boy, the other pig eat them shitlings. So they gave us the worst of everything, and be, us being an Afri- African people, people who persevere, and people who you can keep down, took the worst of what they gave us, then made the best of it. And I think that theology is one of those things, in my opinion, that's coming from a Muslim. I don't think that as a black person here in America that I that we can separate the effects that some of these religions have had on us. And I think that and this is not knocking my Egyptian brothers and all of that stuff, but I think that some of those brothers are unrealistic in their aspiration and desires. They might as well be religious because they teach a habit. You teach in a uh, Stone Age Africa, we just need to go back. And they're teaching us to go back to what? The pyramids and when they sat on the walls of the pyramids. Come on, man. Evolution is a real event. It's real. So like Nkrumahism teaches us, scientific socialism, like Dr. Kwame Nkrumah said in his thing, he said that we in scientific socialism have to take everything that has influenced the black man, the good and the bad, the Islam, the Christianity, the communism, the socialism, everything that has influenced us, and come out with Within our black nationalist understanding, those things that go into the development have went into the development and helped shape our thinking. 
and our actions and find out that we need to throw out what of those things is going to be beneficial. Because whether we like it or not, and coming out in our last message, I take all the time, whether we like it or not, some of our people are what they are. And to try to separate them from their various scriptures and books will be to isolate and alienate a large segment of our community. So black nationalism is the unifying factor. It says, hey, you can be a Christian, but be a black Christian. You can be a Muslim, but be a black Muslim, be a progressive, a person who practices a theology that is for the advancement, the liberation, the enlightenment of us and the people. Praise your God. Celebrate the praise of your God, but do it in such a manner that advances us because many of us, and myself being one of those people, had it not been for the dictates of, in, in my case, the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad, the way of Muhammad, I may be a worse person than I am now. So for many brothers and sisters, if you take the, whether the threat, the threat of hell or the promise of heaven, however they perceive it, if you take that away from them and you say there's no accountability to nothing, you might have to kill that nigga. So right. if that's going to keep you in line and doing good in the black community, I'm not going to mess with you, bro. But if you're using it as a weapon of divisiveness and to keep us separated, then we need to reevaluate your stance, and you're going to be looked at as an enemy, just like if you was a gangbanger or whatever. And not, not, I ain't talking about our unrighteous bangers. I ain't, don't get on, you know, I'm not talking about our gangbangers. Maybe that wasn't even a good example. But if you were like the pig, the cop in our community, that's, that, that's terrorizing our communities. If your religion is that that causes detriment and harm and division amongst the black community, then you're an enemy. I don't care, Muslim, Jew, Christian, Hebrew, whatever. If you ain't for the unification and advancement and empowerment and liberation of this black nation, get the hell out of the way. Roll with it or get rolled over. Point blank. Mr. Yakinon, I got six minutes. You want to close the statement in two of them so we can get to our chairman? Yes, sir. Uh, we accomplished something tonight. This is a victory. Yes, this is a victory to show that all of us can come together. We can have the conversation. We can put it on the table. We can deal with it. We can show you how to deal with it. We have to be an example. We have to be a guiding light to the people as we're sitting up here moving forward. Theology is not important. Um, if your scriptures or your books, if they got you to this point, Thank you for being here. We need your help. Our hands on board right now at this point. We're not going to be divided against none of this. We know what's dividing us. We're going to take black nationalism. We're going to put it at the forefront. We do not have a Christian problem, a Muslim problem, or this or that problem, whatever you want to, you know, comedic problem, a Hebrew problem, this and that. Nobody sits up and yells these things when they see you. When they sit up and look at you, all they sit up and see is your melanin. You can throw up your hands and say you're a Christian, you still going to get shot. Ain't nothing going to change that. So we're here today. We have proof. We can sit on the phone, and I ain't even throwing in atheists. We're going to throw in atheists as well. All of us can come together under this one banner now. This is a network. It's time for us to start networking. That's right. We're going to put all this to the side. The nail is in the coffin. Worship your God if it's doing good. If it ain't doing good, I'm going to question you on it. I will call you out because I do test spirits. But we're here today. We put it on the table. We dealt with it. Didn't nobody get cussed out. We're moving forward. Black power. Black power. And I want to thank everybody that tuned in, too, and, and chose us over the two-hour empire. So that's a big problem to everybody that, that's on our line, blowing it up and hanging in there with us. Um, uh, 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 Brother Minister Black Sermon, I'm down to four minutes. you got two minutes to make a comment. I definitely want to get to our national chair. 
Yeah, like uh, the minister, National Information said, man, now that we came together and were able to have a discussion, now I'm asking uh, my comrades, let's take it to the next level. Let's establish our government. Now that I can see, I can trust my brothers, my black nationalist brothers, they need to come together and form a better government than this white supremacist system. Right on. Right on. Brother Chairman Carr, you got four minutes. You want to go on and take us home, sir? Uh, yes, and I'll tell you, uh, this is a good um, program, and I always call uh, this a program uh, rather than call it a show because a program is something that uh, we put together and hope that we can all uh, share and learn from each other and grow. And one of the things that I like to say uh, when I spoke about Brother Malcolm and turned the organization of, of uh, African-American unity uh, formed after the organization of, of African unity, there were three major strong formations in that building, African unity, and even uh, uh, Colonel Qaddafi uh, became part of it, and that's why he was assassinated and murdered. Uh, one is that you had Kwame Nkrumah, the Honorable Kwame Nkrumah, who was a Christian. You had the Honorable Sekretore, who was a Muslim. You had the Honorable Haider Selassie, who is a Hebrew, that uh, recognized uh, the, the structure of uh, Abyssinia. These brothers came together regardless of their religion. They came together to understand that Africa must be united. And so, so they set a, a great example, and Malcolm seen that example when he dealt with Nkrumah, Secretary, and he understood that what was happening uh, out the, uh, throughout the continent that had a common enemy, and that was uh, international European imperialism, which is white supremacy, called the NATO Alliance today, uh, North America terrorist organization to divide uh, the peoples of color. But the people of color came together and recognized that our theology is one thing, but us as a people is another thing. And if our theology, and you articulated so beautifully, uh, bringing us together, and that's what they're afraid of. They're, they're afraid of that unity. And so I just want to make that clear, that Krumah came up a Christian, Torrey came up as a Muslim, Esalatia came up in the house of Sheba, but we all recognize that we are being colonized, if it were by the Italians, if it were by the French, uh, the Portuguese, the Germans, uh, even the United States, that we understood that we as a people must unite. And that's all what black nationalism is about. That's all about uh, international uh, pan-Africanism is about. Our struggle here locally is definitely involved international. And I say this. We can come here on the uh, Mayflower or the Love Boat. We are international by a crime that was committed. If they would have left us alone, they wouldn't have had this problem. But they didn't leave us alone, and it was an international crime. So we are international victims, simply meaning that uh, the crime is an international crime that makes us in that crime international. And so as God has said, for those at home and those abroad, we are abroad. Our home is where yes, they kidnap us from, and so sir, I just want to share that. You got thirty you seconds. Know, yeah, I just want to say you got thirty seconds, and that the comrades, uh, brothers and sisters on the phone and uh, on the site, uh, please 
continues to call in, continues to share, and I'm saying it's a program. And we open it, wait and listen to what you have to say, and we share the same ideas. Nothing but rebel shared love coming from this chairman, Brother Kaha, and uh, the greatest lover on the planet is a revolutionary lover. Talking about bringing about some changes. Peace to the peace-loving brothers and sisters, and hell to the enemy, black power.